0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Wants Life Coaching Podcast. This is Ryan. Happy Monday. So, just a bit of quick housekeeping here. We will be dropping our new um, episode each Monday. That way, we can empower you for the week. Uh, and we'll do maybe some bonus episodes throughout the week uh, with interviews. And uh, other special things. So, um, just a slight change in the way the feed will show up for you. So, I hope you all had a great weekend, very empowering, and you're filled with energy to really achieve what life is all about for you this week. So, um, on Sunday, I was to have the renewal workshop. Just really getting you prepared for the best year yet. However, due to circumstances, including the weather, um, we didn't hold the workshop. But I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to, um, to have this workshop information presented to you. I believe it's that important. Um, so, without further ado, um, we'll talk about renewal. So this is a little bit different than a lot of the podcasts that I've done. If you are um, listening and you're wondering what I'm talking about, you can go to RyanWattsLifeCoaching.com forward slash renewal, and you can download a workbook. And what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to work through this workbook. And this is empowering stuff. So the purpose of this is to get your resolutions well supported, what do I mean by that? Well, instead of trying to explain it, I want to try to show you with this episode here. So let's get into it. Renewal. And you can download that again at RyanWattsLifeCoaching.com forward slash renewal. That's R-E-N-E-W-A-L. RyanWattsLifeCoaching.com forward slash renewal. So go ahead and even if you're on your phone, go ahead and download that just so you can look at it. um, So you can kind of see what we're looking at. Sometimes seeing the words and the graphics and uh, the charts and things like that that I have you fill out in the workbook can really be powerful um, to, to kind of helping you think about your life in a new way. So 2024 is here. And really, you know, January is inspiring because, you know, we have the whole idea for a New Year's resolution. And I think what's encapsulated in this, in kind of a a meta explanation is our desire to, um, to renew, right? Our desire to create a new future, our desire to grab hold of our life and really turn it into what we want to. And so we have this opportunity to make this really the best year of our life. So what does that mean to you? specifically, how do you want to feel during this year? Do you want to feel happier in your relationships? Do you want to feel better in your body? Do you want to feel just better overall? What what is it that you, how do you want to feel? No matter what we do, we're actually going after an emotional end. What do you want to accomplish? What specifically do you want to get done this year? And how are you planning on doing that? And then most importantly, who will you become? Along the way. So we're in the first page of the workbook here and to begin with, think about the domains of your life that you want to transform, renew or improve, I guess and/ or improve right? Um, your emotional self. Do you want to improve your emotional self, your relationships? your career do you want a new job? Do you want to get that promotion? Do you want to switch careers? What do you want to do with your career? Finance. Maybe your finances need some improvement. Maybe they need to transform. Your physical body. Maybe you are looking to lose weight. Maybe you're looking to build muscle. Maybe you're looking to run your fastest 5K time. Well-being. Maybe you just want to be happier, right? Maybe you want to get up with energy to face the day. Purpose. Maybe you want to do more to discover what your purpose is. Meaning. Maybe you want to change the meaning of the things in your life. So what I want you to do is you're considering these domains in your life. Go ahead and bring three or four of those to mind. And consider what you've already potentially set as a um, resolution. And tie that to one of these domains. Like I said, come up with three to four. Uh, You don't want to have more than that. Otherwise, it just becomes diffuse and uh, you're spending a whole lot of time not working on anything. So on the second page, you'll see uh, a chart on the top left. It says 2014 all the way down to 2024. Um, Every five years or every five blocks, if you will, here, um, there is a dark black line And the reason for this is you've heard me mention this before, but there's kind of what's become a cliche, um, but it's an idea that illustrates the error in our perception. And that is we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in five years. So what I want you to do while you're looking at this chart here, there is a blank box at the top. There's actually uh, five of those. I want you to do is I want you to write, you know, whatever you wanted to transform on the previous page. If you're following along in your workbook, you came up with four or five things you wanted to renew, transform, or improve. I want you to be a little bit more specific now and write in there, in these boxes, uh, what specifically you're going to improve. So we talked about, uh, your emotions, your relationships, your finances, Whatever those are. Maybe uh, maybe it's uh, your relationships, your partner. Uh, so you'll write that in the box there. Then you'll have a second one. So maybe it's your finances, right? Uh, or maybe it's your career. Or maybe it's your, your, your weight. And that could go either way. Whether you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to build muscle, either way. Write those in the top box there. Your top four or five concerns. And then what I want you to do is think way back to 2014, okay, 10 years ago. And I want you to write um, where you were in this category 10 years ago. Um, And then, so if it's your your partner, who is your partner then, if you're working on your relationship? If you're working on your career, that's what you want to improve, let's look back where you were 10 years ago. 2014 and go ahead and you'll note that there and take some time and go through each one of these. So in 2015, if you're concerned about your, um, your finances, where were you with your finances in 2015 and write that in the box there and kind of track the progression of that as you get through your first kind of five year segment year, 2014 to 2018. And it's important that you're, you're specific here, but you don't have to be exact. You want to try to get an idea of how things changed in this category from 2014 to 2018. Um, and then we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the next five-year segment. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at our life in five-year segments. And we want to start by going down into each year. So in 2019, if you're focused on your career, what position did you hold? How did that progress from 2019 to 2020? Were you promoted? Did you lose your job? A lot of us, that's when COVID started, COVID came around, so the career world really changed a lot for us here. So go ahead, spend some time looking at your top three, four categories and track how they changed from 2014 to 2018. And then do kind of a secondary look 2019 to 2023 and currently 2024 and you can pause this or take note of that. If you're following along the workbook, we're on the the chart on page two. Okay. So take some time and do this. It's worth it. Take some time and figure out how things have changed during these five year blocks, if you will. Okay. And then I want you to ask yourself these questions. What did you overestimate, perhaps more than once, that you could achieve in one year? So if possible, look back to your New Year's resolutions from 2014, 2015. And maybe there's some of those that didn't go as well as you would like. Where did you go wrong? How did you overestimate? Take note of that. Now let's look at a five-year span what did you underestimate you could do in five years from 2014 to 2018? Maybe there is somewhere in your life where you grew leaps and bounds, a point of pride, maybe career progression, or maybe during that that time you formed a relationship that blossomed into something that uh, you're engaged now or you're married during that five-year period. Whatever it is, where did you underestimate yourself? Where were you surprised? Where were you really kind of uh, um, impressed by the progress that you made during that first five-year period from 2014 to 2018? Okay, and then looking at that same five-year period from 2014 to 2018, let's zoom out a little further. What's the theme? Right? So, like I said, if you were building a relationship, maybe it was a theme of building, right, or maybe if you were um, you were really taking control of your uh, education, maybe it was a time of learning, or maybe you had a relationship end in 2014, it was a time of self-exploration, a time of self-growth, a uh, time of self-reflection, whatever it was, try, try to find a theme. Now that you've spent some time looking at what happened in these important areas of your life in five-year chunks. And then do the same for the next five-year period, right? What did you overestimate? Each year, was it the same as this five-year period before? Was it different? Were you overconfident? Where were you underconfident? What, what, did, what did it look like from year to year? And then looking at the whole five-year period, what did you underestimate you could do in five years? Maybe there's something in the second five-year period from 2014 to 2018 that, or excuse me, I'm sorry, 2019 to 2023 that you really are like, wow, I'm proud of myself of what I did there. And then just like we had done before, what is the theme of this segment, 2019 to 2023? What's the theme of what happened there? Maybe there's something that shows up there for you. So with that being said, we're looking at where we overestimated and underestimated, overestimated in the short term and underestimated in the long term, right? What's relevant for you to consider when you're kind of mapping out your next five years here? 2014, to I'm sorry, 2024 to 2028. What's relevant? What do you need to watch out for? Maybe there's some type of self-sabotage that you noticed, Maybe you notice that uh, um, there's relationships in there that you've, you you kind of blew up. You understand you're part of that now. Maybe there's something, there's some therapy, some coaching you could seek to help with that. Okay, so really what we're gonna end up with at the end of this exercise is that where are you overconfident and where are you underconfident? So where are you, you're kind of finding your strengths, maybe some opportunities here. But when you look at your life, where are points of pride Where are points of opportunity for improving? Take note of those. Now, we're going to move forward into uh, more of a purpose discussion, okay? So, if you were to write down the top 20 things that are global concerns in your mind, these are world problems, right? So, maybe it is uh, women's rights in Ukraine. Maybe it is civil rights overall in China. Maybe it's global warming, Maybe it is financial education in the U.S. Whatever your global concerns are, go ahead and independent of anything, only you're going to see this list, think of 20 of those top 10 concerns, top 20, excuse me, of those top concerns in the world, and go ahead and write those down. Now, think about every day what shows up. What do you notice in the news? Maybe it's politics. One of the things I'm concerned about is the political divide that seems to be uh, driven, at least in my mind, by algorithms social media and things like that so go ahead and if you're following along the workbook this is gonna be page five you can go ahead and you can there's a there's a space where you can write your top 20 global concerns so maybe it is um, renewable re- renewable energy maybe it is uh, human trafficking maybe it's um, something a little lighter like you know music education. In your community, whatever it is, your top concerns. Go ahead and list those, and take some time to do that. This is powerful, and you get what you put into it. So take some time to really dig down and find out what's important to you regarding global concerns. And then I want you to think. I want to totally shift, right? Totally shift gears here. And what are your top five passions? Maybe it's, um, yeah, maybe it's writing. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's music, maybe it is some type of sport, some type of physical activity, Right? whatever they are. Maybe it's spending time with your family. Whatever it is, um, what are your top five passions and list those. Now, you got a list of 20 global concerns, you have a list of your top five passions. This is where you have to get creative you really want to look at your top couple of global concerns and your top passions, and you want to find out where those overlap. So if you, one of your passions is music and one of your global concerns is, uh, economic inequality, how can those two overlap and really create meaningful work for you? So maybe it is writing music that educates the population on this. Maybe it is, um, there's so many things it could be. Maybe it's it's uh, digging up the history of, um, songs of revolution, something like that. But whatever it is, maybe your passion is golf. Uh, and then, um, you're concerned about sports education in your community. How, how where those two overlap. And this, this is really where you Get to be creative, and you get to decide what is really important to you. So there's there's a space on page five here for you to kind of take some notes and journal on this. But there's a couple things that you can come up with here, right? You've got a lot of there's a lot of opportunity here to come up with uh, some meaningful activity for you to come up with what you call your drum roll, please your transformative purpose right and this is where your concern with the world right how you interact with the world, your emotional state when you interact with the world what you see is the greatest problem and your passions intersect and you spending space in you spending time in this space is what is going to really give you uh, a sense of purpose. And this is what they call, uh, this is an activity from period Diamandis and uh, uh, Stephen Kotler from the Flow Research Collective. This is your lens. This is They call it your massively transformative purpose, right? But if you were to end human trafficking through, um, that could be the world concern, through uh, writing, right? and you came up with something creative in there, um, your end, your purpose might be to eradicate um, human trafficking through writing, right? And that's, that's something greater than that can be achieved in the span of your life, which is important because this is a lens to which you want to be able to prioritize, to be able to see what's actually truly important to you um, and the energy that you have in life. And so the statement I have on here is I will and in, this, in the example I just used, I will use my passion for writing to eradicate financial inequality in the world. And that is a massively transformative purpose. And then really you you make it bigger than what's possible in your life, right? So um, I will inspire or I will use my passion for writing to eradicate human trafficking from the consciousness of, of humanity. So you got bigger than what seems possible. And you really want to kind of reach that kind of fantasy slash dream area. That's, what's really powerful about this, but that's your lens. So that, that way, if you have to think about if something, you know, something is normally stressing you out, if you're driving on the road, somebody cuts you off and maybe you have some sense of road rage. Well, if you're really tuned into what your lens to which you see your life in, guess what? If you're really tuned into that, your passion for writing, And ending human trafficking, in our example that we used, guess what? The the concern that you have with somebody cutting you off just falls away. One of the things we find in our culture is that there's so many distractions, so much information is just thrown at us that we lose track of this. We lose focus. And concerns like people cutting us off become a big deal. Um, But whatever little frustrations that you suffer, if it's outside your lens, it's much easier to let it go. So that was activity number two, and we've moved on to page six in the workbook if you're following along. So um, that is your mass- massively transformative purpose. So thus far, we've kind of looked at where we've overestimated and underestimated the time horizons and what we accomplish in various domains of our life. Uh, and then we've looked at what, how we can create a lens to which we decipher what's important what isn't important in our lives. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the third activity. And this is really your values. This kind of is going to further inform your lens, if you will. And this is page seven in the workbook here. So if you think about your life through your lens of values, what shows up? Is passion a value? Is achievement? Is courage a value? Maybe integrity? Hard work? Respect? Commitment? Maybe you have a value of legacy of leaving something important behind, right? But go ahead and in this list that you might see here, go ahead and think of your top 10 values. A good way to do this is if you just think about today, just take today as a snapshot. What has been important? What has caused emotion in your life? Maybe it's been family. Maybe it's been your passion for exercise, Maybe it has been your drive for excellence and you got up at 4.30 this morning to work on a, a passion project. Whatever it is, go ahead and circle uh, if you want to come up with the 10, 10 values that you can see are being expressed in your life right now. Okay? And then what I want you to do is you have those 10 values. I want you to rank them in order. One, through 10. Then you take the top six and you can put them in the bottom right corner of page. I'm not sure what page this is. This is page eight. It looks like in the workbook. Okay. So now you have your top six values. This takes a couple times to do. So you know, um, understanding your top six values is important. And six is probably a lot. Probably more than you really need to. It can get confusing. So now you have. To further strengthen your lens, you've got these values. So think about how your values relate to that massively transformative purpose lens. Now, after all that work, right, we're finally to the resolutions, right? So what I want you to do is if you have any resolutions, maybe you have one, two, three, or four, something like that, I want you to go ahead and on page nine here, go ahead and write the resolution number one, okay? Whatever that is. I want to lose 20 pounds. Um, I want to save... $10,000. $10,000. I want to run a marathon. I want to run a 5K, whatever it is. right? it uh, res- under resolution one here. Now I want you to consider what value does this express? So if it's saving money, maybe it's fiscal, maybe it's responsibility, right? Maybe it's security. You have to decide what that means to you. <laughs> Um, if you are trying to get promoted, maybe it's achievement or maybe it's just progression or maybe it's passion for the work you do. You'll have to decide. And then secondarily, I want you to ask, is this one of your top six values? Now, I want you to also consider where you're overestimating and where you're underestimating, right? So what is possible with this resolution over one year, right? Is it, is it possible? Is it something that you maybe have overestimated in the past? And then maybe, what are you underestimating? What are you not pushing hard enough over the five-year time horizon, okay? And then we came up with our massively transformative purpose, that lens to which we see everything through. We're gonna use, in our example we said we're gonna use writing to eradicate human trafficking from the consciousness of humanity. What does your goal look like does your resolution look like through this lens? And then you work through and you do all of these different, um, all your different resolutions, and there's space in the workbook here for four of them. You go ahead and you can work your way through all of them. What value does it express? Is it one of your top six? How does it look when you consider time horizons? What are you overestimating? What are you underestimating? And then how does it look through the lens of your transformative purpose? Okay. So what we've done here is the first half of this workbook, we have looked at how we can really support our resolutions. Okay. And we're renewing, right? We're going, we're we're going, we're taking an extra step to renew what is important to us and to reconnect it at a deeper point in ourselves. So the next thing, the next part of this workbook is all about how, what activity do we do and how, we stay attached to our resolutions and on page 10 here i talk about the flow cycle right so there has to be a little bit of struggle for whatever you're doing so if it's to lose weight there's going to be some struggle that's why it's a resolution it's a challenge for you right but finding the right kind of uh mix between challenge uh um and uh I mean, how easy it is and how difficult it is is important, right? And that's struggle. So a lot of us spend a lot of time in struggle and we don't ever get to the release phase and the flow phase which is where we're just like totally locked in we lose track of time and we're just performing our best. You know, this is where we see professional athletes. You know, it's like, it's like watching um, a symphony perform, right? They're, they're in flow. But for a lot of us, we stay in the struggle phase and I believe there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, is because we're trying to do too much. But number two is that we're doing the wrong things. We're not connected with ourselves, which is why the first half of this was how are resolutions connected to us at a deeper level? How are they connected to the lens through which we view our life? How are they connected to our values? Um, And how are we overestimating and underestimating uh, in various time horizons? How our resolutions will actually manifest? So in this struggle phase, right, um, you have to get to the point where you're pushing so hard, it's just like, ah, oh, forget about it, and you walk away, right? You've done, you used all your energy, your cortisol's high, you're stressed out, and you have to release. And this is why they say a lot of good um, a good uh, ideas come while we're in the shower. And this is because we have usually are taking a shower after a long day, and we've, we're just releasing it all, right? But suddenly, it's like, oh, yeah, why didn't I just do this? If you have that um, that experience, that, that is really about to trigger you into flow. So let's say that you are working on a story and you have writer's block, and you're just sitting here, and you write a paragraph, and then you write 10 paragraphs, and you're like, no, this is not it. And you delete it, and you just throw your hands in the air and be like, that's enough for today. And then you go take a shower or do some kind of release activity. It could be a shower. It could be going for a jog. It could be going for a walk. It could be just going in the other room. Um, release is kind of a, an open term there. But you release the struggle, okay? You switch activities, you're at your breaking point, you really push as hard as you can and struggle, and you've released. When when you release, sometimes you'll have this epiphany, like, oh, why don't I do this here? This is the perfect storyline. So you'll re engage with the activity. In this case, we're talking about writing, and you find yourself just lost, just trying to get all this story down while it's still there. And you write your best stuff while you're in flow. But then, we have to recover as well because flow is very taxing. Okay. So, when you're thinking about the flow cycle here, think about it. Uh, and, and sometimes I'll speak with people and they'll be like, I have no idea. I've never been in a flow state. I don't know what it is. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And some people will have more flow experiences than others. Okay. But uh, if you look back to when you were a child, what's something that you were really good at? Maybe you were known for. What's something that you lost track of time? doing i know for me when i was a kid i would plug in the guitar and i'd sit there and all of a sudden three hours would pass and my dad would be turning off and on the light in the basement saying turn that thing off it's nine o'clock and i was like how is that possible it's because i was in flow and so, you know, I took uh, the zero to dangerous course uh, at the Flow Research Collective, and what I really learned to do there was to uh, transport my flow activities to different things. So I was—I I never got flow in my job. When I'm teaching people how to uh, how to do things in my corporate job, and I learned how to do that when I was creating content and uh, trainings for this job. Again, I was able to transport it to just about every aspect of my life. And it's because I understood that there's going to be a certain part where it's difficult and you have to push through that. And then you have to get to a point where you release it, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you. Break away from the computer screen for a minute, break away from uh, um, the group, and then you have to re-engage once you have this new epiphany and that triggers flow. But then also you have to recover too. So again, this is really taxing. So are you sleeping enough? uh, Are you taking enough time off? Et cetera, et cetera. There are different things that will trigger you when you get to that release area. I'm on page 11, I think, in the the, um, workbook here. And again, these are all kind of up to your own interpretation. So uh, flow triggers include autonomy, complete concentration. Okay, So let's say you break away, you're, you're writing... We use the example of writing. So you're writing, you write, and you're struggling, and you're trying, like, I can't come up with this. I've got writer's block. And then you go for a walk. And suddenly you're like, oh, wait, this is great. So then you come back, and what's going to trigger flow for you to get in the flow is the complete concentration. Uh, Having the proper challenge skills balance. So some of us need more challenge. Some of us need less. And you have to find that right balance for yourself. So uh, if you're not properly challenged enough, You're not going to be able to concentrate, right? Because flow is all about losing yourself in what you're doing. Strengths. Using your strengths is a flow trigger. Getting immediate feedback on your performance. So that way you can make adjustments, small adjustments. Creativity and pattern recognition. So being able to recognize patterns. Staying curious, being passionate, having purpose. These are flow triggers. Risk is a flow trigger. So if you think about um, the Red Bull guys, you have the, the the kite suits. They're in a flow state. That's how they're able to make these microscopic adjustments to be able to stay um, to stay flying. Right? It's because risk causes them to be ultra focused. Novelty, complexity, unpredictability, deep embodiment, and clear goals. So, being very, very clear on what it is you have to do. Okay. These are flow triggers. So, these are things that once you have that release, kind of I call it the release epiphany, where you're like, oh, maybe I should do this. You need to use one of these flow triggers autonomy, complete concentration, a proper skills challenge balance, strengths, immediate feedback, creativity and pattern recognition, your curiosity, risk. Novelty, complexity, unpredictability, deep embodiment, and clear goals. Now, think about which of these goals might work for you. Maybe just a little bit of risk is okay for you. I'm very risk averse. I do not like gambling. Some people like gambling so much that it puts them in not only a flow state. uh, Flow states can be addictive, so it's not all, you know, a lot of addiction has to do with a flow state, but um, I'm very risk averse. I do not like gambling. I don't want to lose any of my money, (laughs) so I don't enjoy it, but, um, you know, which, so risk doesn't work for me as much, uh, but what does is autonomy. I love to be on my own. Um, I love, uh, yoga and running. That's deep embodiment, right? So I'm very much tied to my body. So which one of these flow triggers works for you? And then what would it like to use those triggers to support your resolution? So, Like I said, if I had a resolution to lose weight or build muscle, how can I get in a flow state while I'm doing those things, right? So, again, there's going to be struggle, right? It's going to be difficult. So you have to, a certain part of you has to embrace this um, struggle. So you embrace the struggle, okay? And then you release it. And then you plug in one of these triggers, whatever it is. Maybe it's deep embodiment. uh, And you get into that flow state. That's going to uh, what chick at me, I, we had me, I, who came up with this idea the flow state found that whatever people spend the most time in their lives in a flow state doing is where they have their most meaning where they report the most meaning. So I, I believe this is kind of a symbiotic relationship. So we can, we can actually create meaning in our lives by using flow, by using the flow state, by triggering ourselves into flow. Uh, into things we can we can find meaning in things we wouldn't ordinarily find meaning in because of our use of the flow state. So super, super powerful idea here. So as I said, what is a primary flow activity for you? For me it was music. Maybe for you it was playing basketball. Maybe it was playing another musical instrument. And then what is a secondary flow activity? Because we naturally learn how to transpose our primary flow activity onto a secondary flow activity. So one of the ways I've done that is is, um, running, right? So I hated running when I was younger. I despised it and now I've learned how to access a flow state in that. Um, And I love running just as much as I did playing guitar when I was younger. So the question becomes, how do you take the triggers and elements of the flow cycle and transplant them into activities that will complete your resolution? So flow is one of those things where you really have to learn how it works in yourself. You have to find what, you know, how far to push yourself in the struggle phase. What is a good release activity for you, okay? And then you also have to find what, um, you know, what what, what uh, you're going to, what you already have a flow state in, what you naturally do, your primary flow activity or your secondary. Um, and that is... Once you learn that about yourself, you can really learn how to put it anywhere, right? And you can really use it to superpower and keep you motivated and engaged with your goals. So the final page of the workbook really just is kind of your one sheet, your takeaway, your deliverables, if you will, from the workshop. Uh, so you'll have your, at the top, you'll have your top four resolutions. You'll have a snapshot just below that of your top six values, you will then have, what flow triggers work for you? Even it to a couple. I have six there. That might be too many. Know your transformative purpose, right? What's the lens that you see everything through? What is your global concern that you see in the world coupled with your passion? What exists in that space, in that creative space there? And then your flow activities. What do you already get flow in? And how can these support your resolutions? Now, I guess I should note here that if any of those resolutions that you have are drastically disconnected from your transformative purpose, your values, uh, and even, you know, don't, you you can't even figure how you're going to transpose your primary flow activity to maybe an activity that you can't possibly see how you're going to get flow in, like for myself, If you would have asked me when I was 29 years old how I was going to get the same focus and performance level that I had when I was playing guitar to uh, running, I would be like lost. I'd be like, well, I don't even know what you mean. What do you mean? Uh, Or, you know, how do I get that same flow feeling uh, teaching somebody how to cook something um, that I get when I am running? You can do it. And you have to be able to use those flow triggers, uh, in a way that works for you. And you have to have the proper challenge skills balance. So these are all elements of self-discovery you have to go through. And listen, I would love to be able to help you with this. You can always go to RyanWattsLifeCoaching.com and click the uh, free consultation and we can work right through this workbook if you'd like to do that. Um, and it, that can be really, be powerful. So this is some of the most powerful stuff in personal development that I've come up with, and these are things that have really helped me, um, kind of give me a superpower to my goals. Um, so again, you can find this workbook at Ryan Wants Life Coaching forward slash Renewal, um, and again, it's, I'm going to have it there for as much as possible. You can also use this over and over again. This workbook, right? So you might do it this year, and maybe you save it to your hard drive, and you can do it again next year, and you might have totally different things. And you can kind of look at what's changed, and you start learning, you know, kind of the differential what is the thing that is changing from year to year? And you discover something about yourself there. You discover, you know, probably a deeper level of what. Maybe it's progress. Maybe, you know, a goal that you had last year. It's like, wow, that was a goal. Um, I always give the example at one point in time for most of us, we had a goal to graduate high school. It was just the thing that you had to do. You're not still walking around beaming with pride because you graduated from high school. Well, maybe you are. But no judgment here. But most of us, I know for myself, I'm not. I'm like, I graduated high school. So some of those goals that we achieve, we've moved beyond. And maybe some of those goals, we're like, wow, I was really shooting for the stars last year. Why am I shooting lower this year? And that's when you can consider Well, maybe I can't do it in one year, but maybe five years. What could I do in five years? I we have a tendency to underestimate what we can do in five years. So working through this stuff can be very powerful, and I hope you got something out of it today. Again, you can find us online, RyanWattsLifeCoaching dot com forward slash renew for your free free. Free renewal workbook. Okay. Uh, It's got a beautiful picture of a uh, a phoenix on the front of it. Um, Just, yeah, I I really like the way that this workbook turned out. Uh, I've done several of these, but uh, very, very happy about this one. And also, I want to let you know our personal success accelerator course. Okay. Uh, Very much can be done in tandem with this workbook. If you want to take it a step further, you can find that, uh, on Ryan Watts life coaching forward slash personal success. Um, that is available for you as well. Uh, it's $29.99 right now. Um, it's, it's a steal. If you ask me, it's got, uh, I, I've paid thousands and thousands of dollars for the curriculum that, uh, that is included in the personal success accelerator course. So, uh, as always, thank you for being on this mission with me to, uh, improve yourself it really is gonna you by you looking at you and improving you you are changing the world in ways that you don't even know so uh until next time i'm brian thanks so much for being here